and welcome to the first episode of the new official Wigan Warriors podcast. I'm Joe Mills and with me is my co-host Alistair Hancock. Each week we'll be discussing different topics to give you an insight into what it's like to be a part of the Wigan Warriors club and this week we'll be talking all things international rugby league with Wigan and England legend Sean O'Loughlin. Yeah, we'll be chatting all things Sean Wayne as well, dissecting the recent England squad announcements and finding out what it's like to play for your country. So Lockers, first and foremost, welcome. How yeah. are you first of all? How's the eye? Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's getting better. Uh, I have to go see a specialist again tomorrow. Um, hopefully uh, he'll give me a bit more info time, time-wise. Um, it's settled down after probably about five or six days, but then it's just the vision's still a little bit blurry, so it's just a matter of making sure I can get it all clear before I start training and taking any wax on it again. I heard it was about because of like the blood pressure, isn't it, that you can't do any training yeah. and stuff like that. So the, the injury was kind of it, it, the eye it bled on the inside, so it right. was kind of it, the pressure builds up. So anything where your heart rate increases, it can build the pressure up, and that's kind of what they had to be careful with a little bit. So yeah, on the mend, and hopefully should be fully recovered soon. Great. Now international rugby, it's the it's the pinnacle of any Super League uh, player's career. Um, what do you remember of your debut? Um, so my, my, my actual debut should have been the week before and I, um, for Great Britain it was before, before England that's when yeah. it was just Great Britain at that point I, um, I got the nod, I think it was against the Aussies um, at that time I used to go in camp beginning of the week and go home say for Friday morning, do right. team on Friday morning go home after it and then meet again on the day of the game um, obviously it was in this country um, when I went home Friday Started again and feeling a little bit ill, and then by Friday night I was spewing up everywhere mm. in a bad way. Went in in the morning and they pulled me, didn't play me. So I, I had the nerves in the week building up to it, and then missed missed the actual game. So it was actually, it was the following week before I actually got my debut. So it was a bit of a strange one to start with. But my actual debut was um, I think it was I think it was the Aussies I played against the following week. I can't, I'm not. <laughs> I, think, I think it came off the bench against the Aussies. Right. Um, oh no, it was against the Aussies because it was at the it was at the DW. Right. It was yeah. a debut at, at the DW. Um, um, so yeah, it was it was pretty special, even though I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I come on and I think I played nine. I think I come on maybe for Terry Newton. Played it played, played at right. nine for about the last twenty minutes of the game. Who so was the coach then? Uh, Brian Noble, I think it was. Right. Been. Yeah, it was Brian Noble before he'd been at Wigan, so it right. was kind of my first first taste of Nobby and yeah you give me the nod it was um, pretty good pretty so good what was that like coming off off the bench was the nerves there in terms of coming off coming off the bench yeah a little yeah probably they build up to the game I think once the game's kicked off and you're on the bench it's not too bad because you're in, you're in even though you're not playing you're in the floor of the game so it's not nerves aren't too bad at that point but the build up to the game was 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 pretty nerve-wracking it, it was I think it was better being at familiar surroundings and that being at the stadium you kind of knowing your own spot mm. and that made it a little bit better. There's loads of Wigan fans there. Um, obviously, they always want the Wigan lads to do well. So it was, yeah, it was. It had that homely feel about it, but it's still, when it's your first game, it's still quite nerve-wracking. And you, you're, throughout your career, you always have that little bit of a step up. It's like academy going into reserves, reserves going into academy. I played first team for probably about two years at that point, and then it was just like a massive step up again. Playing again, playing international, that blocks felt stronger. The game felt quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything kind of jumped up a little bit faster. And, and harder to do so it was but it was it was a massive experience you're on a massive high after it and like i said my first cap it was it was awesome now of course as we know sean wayne is now the the uh, england head coach 
What do you think he'll bring to that role? What will he bring to the international stage? Um, obviously, I, I was a big fan on my time with Wayne, Wayne Bennett. I was, mm. I had anything good to say about, about Wayne, it's not kind of, it's, it's no disrespect to Wayne Bennett. I thought he did a great job and I enjoyed being coached by him, learning loads from him. Um, but even when Wayne had the job, I, I did always, I liked the thought of it being an English person doing it and being, mm. be, being that. And I know sport's gone a little bit different in that aspect now. There's, mm. It happens all over the place. But um, I think Wayne is, if, as soon as you take Wayne Bennett out of it, I think Wayne is the first, first person that comes to everyone's thoughts, whether you're a Wigan fan, Saints fan, mm. Warrington fan, whatever. Lancashire, Yorkshire, whatever divided it is, I think there's no there's no better candidate for it. Um, I think he'll he'll definitely bring that passion, but I think if anything, he'll be working even harder than he would at a club level because mm. club level is in the day to day thing. I, I think the fact that he's only going to be getting his hands on players for short periods of times and be dipping in and out of clubs, I think it'll almost make him want to work harder and he'll have more free time to do more studying the game or watching individuals to help him pick his team. Um, he's been getting about, hasn't he? I mean, he's yeah. been in quite <laughs> he's, a few games already. He's been in, he's been in here a few times, I mean, he's been to a few games. He's, he, I know I know being away from the game, he's, whenever you speak to him, he's always asking how it's going, he's always asking how the team's going. He's, he's, he's been involved with Scottish Rugby Union, but I think he's missed that hands-on mm. um, graft and that, co that just that coaching, which he's going to get an opportunity to do again. And I think he's, I, I think he'll kill it. I think he's, he's got that. Two years now, is it, before the World Cup, back in the next year? Mm -hmm. And as soon as he took the job, I reckon that was his focus to, to, to have a, a crack at that. And if you ask him what he wants to do, he'll 100% say and win the World Cup. Oh, yeah. I mean, you mentioned there, we know he's already been down here at Rowan Park to, to a few training sessions to see the lads train. What, what's it like having, having him around? Yeah, it was a bit weird first because I didn't know he was in. <laughs> I walked upstairs and he was sat on a laptop like this. And I'm like, is that it? Have we rewinded a couple of years? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's all, all the, he gets on well with all the boys. He gets on well with Lammy and the, the other staff here. So it's it was no it was there was no awkwardness to it. It was it was just about him coming, seeing how things were going on, and um, seeing seeing training, seeing what we're doing here, and probably him him speaking to a few of the boys as well, tipping them up, saying what what he's looking for from from an England point of view at the end of the season. I mean, as we know, he's announced a squad of sorts uh, um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, Having not been named in that, obviously because you're injured and so on, will you be throwing your hat into the ring once you're fit for uh, for autumn? Uh, I had a, I actually I had a conversation with him and I just we had a chat and I said <coughs> I said I don't I don't need to be in the, the training squad. He, he he was well, it was a mutual conversation. It wasn't me saying I don't want to be in it. It was a chat and where I am now, I think I can step aside from that and, and, and let the, the young lads or the younger boys have an opportunity to do that. Um, I've kind of been involved in the meetings for donkey's years now. I know what they're about, mm. and the catches up and things like that. But I said to Wayne, and he, he said to me, <clears throat> if, if come the end of the season, I was, I was playing and good enough to, to be involved in it, and he wanted me to be involved in it, then 100% I would. Um, but as well, if I'm not involved in it, it's that's I totally understand that. That's the way. That's the that's the way it goes. I'm not, I'm, I'm not setting my stall out either way. If, yeah. From my point of view, I'd, I'd have to be playing well enough, and from what way he expects, I'd have to be playing good enough. And I know he'd have no qualms in making the decision as well. He, he, there'd be nothing personal about it. It'd just be for him. It's just about getting the best team on the pitch. Yeah. With um, an Ashley series coming up as well, um, what tell us what what, it, what is it like to take on the Aussies? You mentioned that your debut was against them. What is it like to, to play against them? 
Um, yeah, it is, it is pretty special. I think because we've been chasing that result for a long time as well. Um, I think the, the first game I played it, I think we, I think we won. If I'm, again, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm, pre I'm pretty sure we won it. Someone Google it. <laughs> um, We're on it. And We're I've, on all, it I've, all, I've also played over there and won, won one. Um, so it's, I've had a couple of great, great results against them. Um, but I, I, throughout my career, I've, I've lost more than I've won. So that they're always kind of the benchmark and the TV chasing. So that I always, I always <coughs> felt like they were, they, they were good opportunities to see where you, where you was as a player and see you coming up against, against the best and you're challenging them and. Um, yeah, it was just a good, really good benchmark, and the games were always massively intense, as any international is. But as I said, they were the they were the benchmark. I think the Kiwis have had overtook them for a little bit, but throughout my, my almost twenty years of playing, they've kind of all, almost always been the the, the, the the top international side. I mean, do you think it's helped also that the the gap seems to have closed an awful lot? And I think personally, that might be down to well, on the one hand, I think. The, the, there's more players from, from these shows playing in the NRL now yeah. and, and doing a pretty a good job as well. Do you think that's made a big difference yeah, as well? I, I do think there's, there's the obvious kind of amount of players that play over here. There's, yeah. not, there's nowhere near as many as play in Australia, so you've got a bigger pool. Um, but I do think there's kind of, it was almost a bit of a mindset that they were better than us. Yeah. I think sometimes teams have gone over there feeling they're a little bit inferior to mm. them. And, and, almost underperforming. A lot of games England played, uh, Great Britain played, it, you come away thinking we'd underperformed a little bit, we're not showing our best. And I think that was almost a little bit of a mentality. Yeah. But, and I do think kind of Adrian Morley setting the trend out, um, going over there and not just not just going over there and, and playing well, but like dominating the league. Like mm. Ellis same, he, yeah. he was one of West's best players for all the times he was there. And then mm. James Graham was over, Sam Burgess. and. Since them kind of guys, there's a lot more younger boys gone over there in, in, in tour. So it's, I do think it almost gives lads over here, even though they're not playing against them, think, oh, I've, I've played against him. He's, he's killing it over there. I did all right against them. Yeah. So it's, it's, it kind of, it definitely, it takes the, the kind of untouchability to them yeah. away a little bit. Like, like cause unless you've had that experience of playing against them, and you don't know what it feels like, so you probably imagine it, imagine them being a lot better than they actually are. Yeah, and, and also if some of our boys go over there, and as you say, they tear it up. That, yeah. that takes away the fear factor, 100%. and the Aussies will be thinking, you know, I don't want to be facing him because I know what he's like. Someone like Batty, for instance, yeah. absolutely yeah. amazing. Hundred percent, and like I can't remember, it was a couple of years ago now, our school boys, our, our academy, we've had some good results against them over the mm. last couple of years. So it's, uh, I do think the trend's kind of turning, but it's, it's just about getting getting results at the top level as well. And you've played against some fantastic players over the years internationally. Who's the toughest in terms of? Can you pick out a player who's the toughest that you've played against? Uh, I always, I always feel it's probably the ones you've played with when you was debuting and getting into the side. Yeah. Obviously, there's the age difference, and um, same when you come into the first team. Like the, the, the players at Wigan, who you think were the best players you played with, were, were the senior lads at the time you were mm. the kid. And it might not necessarily be the sick case, but that's what it felt like. Um, and definitely international level when I when I first came in it was like both like Darren Lockyer and um, some big names who was the front row and I remember playing against Petro uh, Petro Sivnesiri yeah. yeah. I was thinking <laughs> of them they were almost like when I was in my teens I was watching them kill it at international level mm. and then kind of getting a chance to play against them it's like whoa these are good players these but again as you get older you, you probably lose that kind of, you don't you're not as in awe of them so you, yeah. 
it um, becomes a little bit different. Brilliant. So shortly we will chat further with Sean about international life and uh, pick out the best questions sent in by you. <laughs> Now we did have something to show you ahead of our scheduled Pride Day game against Catalan Dragons, but due to recent circumstances, here is a message from head coach Adrian Lamb instead. On behalf of the Wigan Warriors Rugby League Club, we'd like to send our love and best wishes to all the families out there that are affected by the coronavirus. We understand that it's a difficult time out there with everybody and let's stick together. Uh, you know, Rugby League is a strong uh, community sport where we get through all together and no doubt in the, in the immediate future, um, things may get worse before it gets better, but we want to let you know that our hearts are with you and uh, we hope everyone gets through okay. Welcome back. Uh, now let's chat a bit, a bit more about the day-to-day -day life of an international rugby league. Now you battle week in, week out with most Super League players, but... Um, What's it like when you have to sort of meet up and, and you know, you're alongside lads that you're knocking seven bells out of week <laughs> in, week out? I reckon since when Steve Mack came into the, as a coach, mm. he kind of broke a lot of them barriers down. Was, yeah. I think before that it was almost, you play all season and then at the end of it you, you get together and obviously there's clicks then, uh, Wigan stay with Wigan, Leeds stay with Leeds. There's, mm. there's that separation like Shorts, not... Not in a bad way, it's just kind of, you don't know them as well, so you kind yeah. of stick to each other. But I reckon when Steam Act took over, we met more often and it wasn't always about rugby, it was just going out for some, some lunch together, going out for mm. tea, having a, having a kind of speaker come in and chat to the boys. And he, he made, he was trying to break them barriers down, make it more of a club environment at yeah. an international level. And he, he definitely did that. And I think since then, it's, it's got better and better. And the boys now, when you get in camp, there's obviously lads, what not everyone's going to get on together, but it's... It's, there's no, you don't feel like that sticking with your mates, sticking with the people you know. It's kind of it's very easy to go in and just get on with the boys now. I think Gareth Southgate's done something very yeah, similar, yeah, hasn't he, with yeah. the football setup? Because the, yeah, you know, there's well documented problems with you know Liverpool and Man United players and so on and so forth, and turning it into that club environment. Yeah. Then you seen, I mean, it's had had great uh, results and impacts from that. Um, so obviously, when you're in camp uh, for for extended periods of time. Um, is it one of those things where you, you just got to find stuff to do to keep yourself sane, really, so you don't get cabin fever, stuff like that? Yeah, as I, when I said earlier, kind of the camps are always different depending on what coach you're of. So yeah. when, when they're over here, you still get plenty of time to go home and yeah. you're in and out of camp, but probably when you're touring, you're, you're kind of spending a lot of time with each other uh, in hotel rooms as well, so you're not, you kind of that close quarter but and flying together so you, you do spend you you are you are quite um on top of each other a little bit but you, you kind of you start you, you get to know people as well like some mm. lads you might not necessarily have much conversation with you you just like, oh not not too bad then <laughs> they like, like him as a player but he's all, he's all right he's not a bad fella um so so yeah but they do they, they try the best to entertain you there's always stuff going on days off some lads like to just have a day off not not do much but mm. there's it, when you're away from home, and when you're on tour, and they always try and put things on days out here and there, just just to keep you entertained. Because I think the longest one I've been, I think the, the World Cup in uh, the last World Cup, sorry, was I think it was away for about seven weeks, maybe all up. I think it would have been eight, maybe maybe eight was it? Seven or eight weeks anyway. Mm. So it's a long, it's a long time. 
long time away from the families and a long time kind of within that group. And it, especially when you, you're lugging suitcases from one hotel to another, it's, yeah. it's there's not a, you've not got like that homeless, homeless feel anywhere where you can just kind of jump on couch and chill out and watch telly. Mm. And obviously, tell is rubbish as well. <laughs> <laughs> just going back to the, um, when you spoke about you speaking to different lads at different clubs that you wouldn't necessarily, necessarily speak to, did you make any new mates during international level? Um, I think it's, it's more just getting to know lads better, really. Um, you get you get on with everyone, but you, you probably you spend more time with lads you wouldn't necessarily yeah. spend more time with. Probably even more so when it's when it's a, t- a tour in internationals. Because yeah. um, as I say, when you're in this country, you go away, you, you have a few days, and <coughs> then you, you kind of nip over a day or two, and then you're back in. But when you're aware, them day or two is where you're off training, yeah. you're spending it with the lads again. So yeah, you get to you just get to know people on a different level. Brilliant. I mean, and also, I, as you say, foreign climbs, going a lot on tours and stuff. Some of the places you've been to, what's the, what's like the most amazing place that you've, that you've visited? That I, you've got, thought, wow. I got some kind of good opportunities when I was younger, really. Kind of when you, the, you're um, the first team international, you're kind of in your mainstream places: Sydney, yeah. Brisbane, um, Auckland. Um, but when I was so first, first of all, I toured as a, just as I left school as a schoolboy, and we went to we did go to Australia, but it was kind of like Rockhampton. Um, in the sticks, it's yeah. a really weird place, and we got we got billeted out as well, so we was living with families. Right. So there was some, there was a couple, <laughs> there's some more, some stinkers, but you're kind of they're not the best experiences at the time, but you kind of you, looking back at yeah, it. Yeah, looking back on that, they're quite funny, and you, you kind of build your character a little bit. There was one place we went to, and it was like it was like a junkyard in the middle of nowhere. We thought. It, this fella had like a pickup truck with dragging. It was just, <laughs> it was weren't a great. Experience. Luckily, I was billeted with another lad, so he was just both just sat there. Like, what is this? Um, Have you been to PNG? I've never been to PNG. I've been to a couple of years after that one with the academy. We toured. Well, sorry, it was England Day at the time. Right. Um, we toured. We toured um, Fiji and Tonga. Oh, nice. Um, nice. So we we had about I think we had about two weeks in Fiji, maybe a week, and then we. We went from Fiji in and out of Tonga in the day, so we flew over, played, and went back to Fiji. But yeah, that was that was a great experience. There was one; it was like baking hot. But one of the games, the day of the game, it, it like the heavens opened, it, it threw it down with rain, and just a massive frog started coming on the pitch out of nowhere. <laughs> it was like before the game kicked off, it was like it was warming up, and they're like throwing frogs off the pitch. <laughs> and I mean, it was like. It was like a plague of frogs. It weren't just a couple. It, there were like hundreds of them on the pitch. Oh my word! Um, but yeah, Fiji and Tonga was was a great, great experience. As beautiful as yeah. people say. Yeah, yeah massively. Yeah. It was, it was, um, and that was probably when, what would have been like 1920 at that point. So it's, it's the, the away from sport, they're like the great like kind of lifestyle opportunities as well. Mm. And in terms of just going back to the the teammates, but have you got any story, any good stories to tell in terms of like you know room sharing or anything like travelling? Um, any stories? My first my first tour with, I think it was my first tour with England, uh, with Great Britain. I, I actually I room with Terry Newton, um, so he, he kind of that was a, that was an eye opener. I was a young lad. Terry was an <laughs> absolute comic, um, but it was. Um, <coughs> I can't story-wise, I've not got. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But it was just just the general spending four weeks with him in a hotel room was was, was, <laughs> was enough. I can imagine. I can imagine. Uh, well, listen, we've reached out uh, to our fans over Instagram uh, for a few questions uh, to ask Sean. 
Uh, so what have they got? Yes, we've got a few here. Um, so first one from at Edward Thompson. Um, Sean, if you could go back to any year in rugby league, what would it be? Ooh, any year? Mm. Um, that's a tough one, that. Mm. It'd probably be more, it'd probably be like the, the late 80s, early 90s probably. Just that kind of run, run of that, that Wigan team had. Yeah. Um, probably watching more of them. I was I didn't really watch a lot of rugby until probably it was probably that early nineties started watching it going to Wembley but probably missed out on blokes like um like Ellie Rianley, mm. We saw kind of the back end of him playing. Probably if it was to go and play with him it'd probably be that, that era, that late eighties era to go and have a chance to play with some of them fellas. That was a bit special that time. It was. Before your <laughs> no, time. it was, it was. Uh, next one, uh, from at Liam Marshall 20. First of all, what do you think he's going to say? <laughs> at Liam Marshall 20. Um, he's older than 20. <laughs> go on, what's he got? Uh, is Roman spirit now your number one priority? <laughs> <laughs> it is until the eye gets better, yeah. yeah. <laughs> First of all, do you want to just talk about what is Roman spirit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah me, me and Matty Pete, the one of the coaches here at Wigan, the defensive coach. Like me and Matt go back a long way. We we kind of similar age. We grew up to, we grew up together, played um, played rugby together. So we we were good mates before before Matty started working at the club. Um, and yeah, we we set up this this mobile bar business. So we've um, the, the it's a hot, converted horse box at the minute. Well, it's going to be a converted horse box, and we've been we've been working it at the games and at the fan village. So it's um, yeah, it's going all right. We've, we've we did. There's a the beer festival across the way last last weekend, um, so we, we we got to meet some kind of proper real ale drinkers and some, <laughs> di some different characters there. But no, it's been good. We've set we've set hopefully set the business up and um, it's early days for us. Yeah, we've we've only got a few. We're only doing a few things, but it's getting a bit of momentum behind it. And yeah, it's summer. It's actually quite cool looking behind a bar, pouring pouring <laughs> pants and. Um, but yeah, we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed kind of the process of setting it up and now seeing it, seeing it actually working and seeing how it goes. Brilliant. Uh, next one we've got Amelgan at Amelgan Seven. Um, if you weren't a rugby player, what would you be? A barman now. Football lord. I um, when I was really young, I used to always want to be a vet. I don't know. I don't really know why. Uh, a lot of like studying. Yeah, yeah, I think I didn't realise how much studying was involved. Yeah. In. But then, probably as a in my teens, I, I, I always kind of was in workshop with my dad and. I was a joiner, so I was always kind of. I probably if I didn't play rugby, I'd have gone and maybe done an apprenticeship with him, like, like kind of furniture making, stores, windows, that kind of thing. He was that was his kind of trade, and I kind of always enjoyed knocking nails in wood when I was younger as well. <laughs> We've got a few more. Who didn't? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Jack Gaskell, ninety-seven. Now this is a very critical question. <laughs> what is your favourite filling in a pie? <laughs> Meat and potato, standard. Mm. Yeah. What else is well, there? What else is there? Apart well, I think in the press room they've got these bolty pies now. Oh, I, I had yeah. one of them. They're wrong, them, yeah. innit? Yeah. You don't put curry in pastry. <laughs> I actually saw a lasagna pie the other week. Yes, there's that. What's yeah. all that about? Yeah. But the cheese ones are nice. I like a yeah, steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steak yeah, are nice. Steak, steak of mine. Yeah. Um, James Beck, 19. I hope we boxed that off, by the way. <laughs> uh, James Beck, 19. Uh, what motivates you? Um, I think as a young kid, well, it's, I think it's the same now as a, as a young kid. It's a, having an opportunity to do something you enjoy doing. Mm. You don't need any, I don't feel like I need any more motivation than that. If you, to be able to do, do a job, get paid to do something you enjoy doing, it's, 
Not many of us have that yeah. privilege. Do you? <laughs> you don't need to be. You don't need any external motivation other than the fact that you're going out there. You even even Monday morning's training. It's it's tough, but you do it with a smile on your face, and that's rewarding in itself. Mm. Obviously, you want to win trophies, and you want to do. You want to kind of leave a legacy behind you. And as a kid, it was just more about just winning, just being playing rugby for Wigan, really. Mm. But if you don't enjoy something, there's no point having kind of. You can't get motivated to do something you don't enjoy, or it's hard to. I think having having that that enjoyment and doing it with a smile on your face, it, it it means you don't need you don't need to be you don't need to farm ways to to kind of get motivated for it. Mm. I agree. Lee Moss, eight seven thirty. Who is the best player you have played with and against? Ooh, it's, it's a tough one. It again, is. Isn't it? It's tough. tough. It's hard because of position wise and yeah, like you got front rows, you've got outside backs but it's um, probably a couple of Aussies I mentioned as they were probably against players like you know, Darren Lockyer um, lads I've played with Nick Trent Barrett was a big influence when I was when he first come to Wigan yep. I was like kind of starting off like, a couple of years doing captaincy there and he, then he I learned a lot from him from that side of things mm. um, blokes like Sam Tompkins he's, he's kind of freaks of the game um, Tommy Lulawai, kind of love playing against, love playing alongside again him, and probably not so much against him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Sam, Sam sticks out in your mind just just because of how freakishly good he was in that, especially mm. that 2010 period yeah. when he was at Wigan. He was no one could touch him. I know he's had a couple of injuries since then, but even even now he's still he's still killing it. So mm. he's, he'd be he'd be he'd be up there. Brilliant, some good questions there. So make sure to uh, to listen out for our next podcast, and we'll be asking uh, you, the fans, for for more questions. So, uh, keep your eyes peeled uh, on our Instagram stories. Yeah, you can also get in touch via email using the address podcast at wiganwarriors.com. And that brings us to the end of our first uh, podcast. Sean, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for, for Thank coming you on. very much. Thanks Thank you very me. much, sir. I've been Joe Mills. And I've been Alistair Hancock. Thank you very much for joining us on this, our first official Wigan Warriors podcast. See you next time. <laughs>